0: Moncrief on News Talk,
1: brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Uh, it is indeed time uh, for movies and booths for nula Jones uh, and uh, Leslie Will- Williams. joined it, Leslie Williams. I always? I've done that before, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. I, it's just kind of a. I don't. Know, I just want you to be that actor. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, S. McCarthy isn't quite with us yet, as we're we're, we're uh, sorting out some technical problems. There, we're having one of those uh, having one of those days, uh, Leslie. Yes. Because uh, we were talking about this on air. Tell us, uh, um, you, you have two. You have a white wine and a and a, and a red wine first, yes. But the uh, the red wine is is a lynch. A lot of people would yes. know that. Well, I didn't know there was all these different grades of Lynch. Well, it's they're not they're not it's a different family. I mean, it
2: was at one time owned by the Lynches of Galway uh, back in the 18th century. Uh, this is Lynch Musas. Um, it's from Poyak, which is the same village that Lynch Barge is from. Um, mm. So Lynch Barge sells about two twenty. You might, if you were lucky, get it for one eighty, one ninety, if it was a crappy vintage. But um, this is about sixty five, and you can get it for as little as fifty five. So, right, so
0: it's decent stuff, decent stuff. Yeah, and but is it? A, are we talking about the same grapes? Or, or uh, why is one more expensive than the same other? Same
2: village and so on. But Lynch Badge has better land, better uh, aspect, um, and is you know it geography matters in Bordeaux and Lynchbatch has a better site and the wines are just always better than this. Um, right. Are they three times the price better? That's debatable. They're yeah. certainly better, but that's to you'd want to be drinking a lot of it to be able to get that, for, for that extra 140 euro, you'd want to be drinking it with a lot of knowledge and you'd want to be able to, see, yeah. I can appreciate the difference because I can somewhat, in that I can, I remember the previous times I've had Lynchbatch. I have a mm. decent memory for things like this. But in terms of objectively, if you tried one beside the other, they would be very similar to you. Um, mm. Lichemage might be a little richer, a little darker, a little more tannic. But yeah, it's, 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 it's margins. Um, yeah. And it, we'll get into this, but it, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I mean, the, the best wines of, of Bordeaux, like Seychelles Chateau Lafitte, Latour, cost over a grand a bottle. Mm. which is 20 times what this costs and they're certainly not 20 times as good
0: yeah uh, no I mean I suppose Obviously. it's just again it's one of those things where yeah. people will pay but does that mean like the Lynch family just own all this land and there's the like the, the, the really good land there not quite as good land and then <laughs> well, they're all down to the kind of crap land well yeah. it, it,
2: but it's it's kind of it's straightforward enough the family basically left with James II after the Battle of the Boyne and mm. after he lost and they all headed over to France um, and they got involved in merchant stuff and selling back to Ireland and wine was one of the things they invested in and um, you'll find Irish names all over the region Um, and there's still a few Irish there still Um, and um, they just... They would, you know, wheeling, dealing and marry into someone, a daughter might marry someone who had a bit of wine land and there might, might be on this, this place. Musas is actually the name of the village, the little hamlet that this wine is from. Mm. So they pro- I think they originally owned this estate and then, and then created a second label. So Lynch Moussas, which was to do with the one from that village. And then Lynch Baj, which is about, about a couple of miles down the road from the other place, basically. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: typical Irish then. They yeah. basically married people because yeah, they've lads as soon yeah, as they yeah, arrived. Yeah, totally. Right. OK, We're that's finished. right. That <laughs> Explains why we've and the, and the white <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> the D <D2> two <laughs> and the white we're going to be talking about today. So what w- is that the
2: white one? It's Shadow Bodock and is a great entry level Bordeaux white um, and is uh, very well known. It, it uh, is on the um, it's, a, it's Rick Stein's house wine and it's on Gordon Ramsay's list because the owner's English and it's great. It's one of those just really drinkable, crispy,
0: juicy white wines. All right, lovely stuff. Uh, Esther, we have you now.
1: Hi, Sean. Hi, there you? you are.
0: Sorry, yeah. Well, there was uh, there was uh, we're having one of those technical days where. That the internet doesn't work properly. So, uh, oh uh, the, 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 yes, I know, oh God. <laughs> no, you're here, but you sound fine now. Anyway, uh the two films we're talking about. First one, Luca, is this a kid's film?
1: Yeah, it's funny you should say that, actually. Um, cause it's, a, it's a Pixar film, and I remember referring, I interviewed Brad Bird for The Incredibles 2 a couple of years ago, and I, I referred to children's films, and he um. very now he was a wonderful company by the way but he kind of tore me one <laughs> that the word kids films is never used in pixar oh, um they right. make films for people and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later because i think that's why what makes them so special as a studio but yes of course this is um a family orientated film that i really liked i have to say um it is pixar light uh you'll see some people calling it slight i don't agree with that i think they're doing an awful lot of brilliant animation work here and making it look easy. But I suppose what I would say is maybe it's refreshing to go to a Pixar film where you're you're not coming out sobbing and in pieces afterwards. And okay, it's one of those. That's good. So yeah. it's a
0: film for people, people who can't buy alcohol or drive cars.
1: Yes. <laughs> that would be.
0: Kind of large.
1: So. Ears. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, Kids, it, in other words. Yes. Oh, no. Uh,
0: uh, so in, <laughs> in the Heights, what's, what's that about?
1: Yeah, I mean... I really liked this, but it's going to annoy a great many people. I think it's um, not quite a full on sing through musical, but a lot of the dialogue and the plotting is communicated through song. Um, So if La La Land made you want to stick forks in your eyes a few years ago, uh, you may have to open your mind a bit to this one. But I really enjoyed it. It's um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, Before he became, you know, created a phenomenon that became Hamilton, he did this musical in the Heights and it kind of made him a bit of a noise on on Broadway about 15 years ago. Um, Ah. It's set amongst the population of Dominican first generation Americans who live in Washington Heights in New York um, and would be a subject very close to his own heart because he grew up in Washington Heights and is of Puerto Rican descent himself. So it's about this um, you know, these people, the characters, their heritage, their culture and what they're bringing to the new immigrant story to America, I guess. I really liked it. There was a lot of singing and a lot of jazz hands. Mm, is, is
0: there a bit of a bang of West Side Story off this?
1: Totally, totally. It yeah. feels like a modernization of West Side Story and it's. It's funny, we should have gotten Spielberg's adaptation of West Side Story last Christmas. It was to be the big Christmas movie and these two would have been probably gone head to head and as a musical, you know. Um, But I will say, you know, it has a bang of West Side Story off it, but it's a very original film, all new songs. um, And I really liked the way the imagination in the film adaptation. I've never seen the stage show, but I liked the imagination with which they commute, uh, communicate dialogue through song because sometimes I even find it hard to step into that, you know. Mm. Um, uh, but I think they do really well here, really effectively. Okay, but it is and, uh, going uh, to uh, annoy some people. Right.
0: Are we talking <laughs> La La Land levels of fabulousness?
1: Um, Well, it doesn't have the gosling in it, but Mm. I would say I compare it more to, say, something like Rent, um, the the musicals from kind of the 90s that went out of fashion in recent years. Right. um, That are very much, you know, you can very much see the stage origins in it. But I think they've done a good job of making it really cinematic, largely by bringing it to Washington Heights and filming on the streets there, which, of course, you can't do with a stage show, you know, so that's really... um, uh, pleasure I think to see that on screen
0: right so not the greatest cinematic moment of your life the Gosling is going to marry you which was basically what you were saying like a couple of years ago uh, a couple of years ago
1: why well, i
0: still saying <laughs> oh yeah of course you are sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> just seem to say it more then uh, right okay well that's all that's all uh, to look forward to someone says I only caught this trailer but it had me humming along love a good musical uh, they are cringy but sure you got to embrace it if it puts you in a good mood uh, indeed, or if it puts you in a terrible mood, just don't embrace it at all. You have both options um, there. Uh, uh, so, right, uh, Fanula, how
3: are you? I'm good, how are you? Ah, sure, I'm grand. <laughs> I'm all right, you know. <laughs> no, Can't right. complain because no one would listen to you anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. No one cares. Uh,
0: so the, the Golden Globes are... is the Are the Golden Globes going to basically explode? I a, think we a, are watching... Star, you know, a Star Wars kind of thing. Yeah,
3: we're watching like a live action implosion happening before our eyes. We've already talked about how the network is not airing it um, this year or next year. Um, and we've had uh, two voters. They're now pulling out of the Hollywood Farm Press Association, uh, sending a letter to the other members, basically saying that... They were sick of the bullying. They said this bullying was being tolerated. I think we'd mentioned uh, leading up to the golden gulps ourselves on Movies and Booze about um, kind of financial incentives and like these kind of bribes and inverted commas being given so that certain things were nominated. They said that's increased like tenfold in the last few years and just the lack of transparency was Too much, so they said bye-bye, and I would imagine there's going to be so many more in the wake of this. This is literally only the beginning. Uh, One voter from the Netherlands and one voter from China. Like, I'm telling you now, this is the start of, it's going to snowball from here.
0: Right? How many of them is there in total, I wonder?
3: See, this is, I don't even think anyone knows, and it was just like, this was the talk of how, like, it was all behind closed doors, and they were just sick of it, and they said they didn't feel valued, and... Nightmare. Nightmare. Like, I really can't see how they're going to come back from this. I'd imagine they might, like, furlough it for a year, maybe try and come out with some kind of statement about restructuring and everything like that. But, I mean, even me and Leslie were talking about this before we came on air, like, this, this seems like it's been a long time coming. It seems like, even in mainstream and for people who don't know anything about movies, like, the Golden Globes has just seemed so... I think it's
2: or something yeah it's like, like it's really it just yeah.
3: but like from these kind of tiny pockets of nowhere having opinions on just crazy stuff them. like yeah let's Do you? Well I was, in,
2: I was in there was a girl that used to hang around my flat back in the early 90s Um she was a friend of and I used to go drinking with her sometimes Patricia Danner and as far as I know she she was a journalist for she was a freelance journalist and she ended up in the States and did a pre, bit of freelance writing and somehow got herself elected right. but I mean, I've never okay. heard or read or read anything okay. about her since
0: Well I'm sure Patricia Danner <laughs> had nothing to do sure whatsoever, not, sure whatsoever with <laughs> everything <laughs> we've just described there Uh <laughs> she doesn't do it anymore probably that no, I mean, was I mean, in the days exactly. when, it, when it was proper uh, I, but do we even need the Golden Globes anyway given though I suppose the Golden Globes were kind of one of those this is a, a um what might happen at the Oscars type vibe.
3: Yeah, but I think like we have the SAGs to kind of do that as well. And I think the SAGs Mm. are kind of more legitimate in inverted commas. Like they've said, like the HFPA, they came out with their own comment and kind of said that they said it was disappointing because a lot of members have decided to stay, obviously, and they're committed to change and everything else, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's just lip service. I, I don't think we need them. Like, I think it's... It's time they they at least take a break and maybe step back and reevaluate as to yeah. what they're doing.
0: I wonder who's doing the bullying and uh, who's, you know, paying the lolly out mm. as well. i yeah. be interested to find out. Anyway, uh, so uh, shall we have the uh, the white first I a kind of, you the tradition. I, I don't want to say foreplay, <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking anyway.
2: Uh. <laughs> so tell us about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, so this is Bodock uh, from Dumer, which is the place that all the book uh, white wine comes from, but it's I think it's great. It's a 1695 wine. Um I think curious wines have it in cork but in Dublin you'll get it in Independence mainly, Just find Vintry some super Values have it like, super Value Kaligny voca, I think um, it's um, owned by an English guys as I said it's, it's um, quite prominent in a lot of UK winelists um, as I said Gordon Ramsay he certainly used mm. to have it as a house wine and I know that Rick Stein has had it as his house wine for years like. but it's good He's, uh, I, his name is Gavin Quinney so he sounds kind of Irish mm. I asked him on Twitter was he Irish but he never responded so first. Typical <laughs> Irish yeah, Exactly <laughs> <laughs> Just ignoring uh, you. <laughs> But anyway, They're quite well off English yeah. people but, but maybe back in the day there was mm. an Irish um, something. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just think it's a really good drinkable Sauvignon and I think we forget about Bordeaux whites and the grapes in white wine Bordeaux are Sauvignon, Sémillon and Muscadelle traditionally. But the bit of Sémillon and it doesn't say Sémillon on this but usually he has about 3 or 4% which he doesn't have to declare. Um, but in previous vintages he's always declared a bit of Sémillon and this just gives a sort of a creamy lemon thing and it's more elegant I think than than most um, New Zealand stuff and, a mm. bit, and, and less austere than you get in the Loire. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a nice balance way to drink uh, Bordeaux. So he's one of the 8,500 producers of Bordeaux wine. There's a lot of them. Like 587 million bottles of wine a year. It's <laughs> just a right, lot of it's wine. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. It really is. But even the,
0: the yeah. numbers of categories of Sauvignon yeah. Blanc is is, is mind-boggling well, too. Well, that
2: too. Yeah. Well, it is the biggest selling white wine grape in, in Ireland and we just drink buckets of it. A, yeah.
0: But it, it kind of strikes me sometimes that People say all oh, like Sauvignon Blanc, but that yeah. that could mean anything. You could find you could have two wines that are barely True. have any uh, resemblance to each other. True. and, and you could pay paint.
2: forty. You could pay eighty euros for an expensive Puligny-Fumé uh, from the mm. Loire, uh, or, or forty euros for Cloudy Bay, or you can pick it up for eight ninety nine or six ninety nine, probably before the minimum pricing comes in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a difference, but essentially they all have this sort of grapefruit flavor. Uh, you know, wine people are a little hesitant about Sauvignon Blanc. It has a r- small breath of. flavour. It, doesn't, it never gets very complex But yeah. as an everyday drinker I think it's, it's hard to beat you know? Yeah
0: uh, And it, when's the minimum Pricing coming in?
2: Oh it'll be I think it's the end of this year um, Right Yeah but, okay. that, and that, and that, but it won't affect Like it only affects Wines under 8 euros Or something So I mean Most people
0: are not buying Wine under 8 euros anyway you know? Yeah so, And if you are yeah. <laughs> Rush to see a doctor Immediately Esther yeah. uh, what movie Will we talk about first?
1: Let's do, it's been, we've been a while waiting for a, a big Pixar movie. Let's do Luca, I think, will we?
0: Okie dokie.
1: Hey, Papa. Hey, I brought my <laughs> friends for dinner. Is there enough for
3: four?
2: Oh.
1: What's wrong with you, stupid? <laughs> hmm. What do you think he kills with
2: those? Anything that swims. At least with the mother today.
3: Ugh, that photo's a fake, Papa. Everyone
1: in Rosa pretends to believe in sea monsters. Well, I'm not
0: pretending. God, it sounds fierce, violent, right? Uh, uh, that's Luca. Uh, uh, what's what's going on there, Esther?
1: That's what happens when you're a sea monster pretending to be human, Sean, and right. make a new friend. Okay. And you go to their house and discover that their dad is a fishmonger. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lovely sketch, that one. It's a lovely scene. Um, Yeah, So people are kind of dismissing this as Pixar light. And I'm just going Pixar light is still Pixar, lads. You know, Mm. this is kind of among the best animated movies you're going to see this year. Um, And I thought it was very, very beautiful and actually quite deceptive in how creative it is, because it centers around this character by the name of Luca. Um, He lives under a stretch of water off the Italian Riviera. Um, and fishermen have been long warned not to go near that stretch because there is mysterious sea creatures who live beneath the stretch of the ocean. So they're feared, you know, you know, there's always been kind of, um, uh, you know, fish, fishermen warning each other about stuff like this. Anyway, there's always been a tradition of that. So they're feared because they're not known, really, is, is the case. And one of those is Luca, who's been warned by his, he's voiced by Jake, um, Jacob Tremblay, by the way, from uh, The Little Boy Who Started in Room. Um, and he has been warned not to go near the surface of the ocean because it's dangerous. And you know they're they're afraid they're afraid of the children going to the, to the water in case the fishermen try to kill them. Um, so he's never been up into the world above the, the sea above sea level. And he decides to venture up Monday, encouraged by a friend of his who's Ernesto, who's been up there before. And when they come up above the water, they turn they turn into human form. So right. what you have here is. Two different characters for nearly every character in the film, which is uh, very, very creative, I thought. And it's a really funny sketch, a lot of physical kind of pratfalling humour in this one. So it will appeal to children. Um, and, he, you know, he has to learn how to walk. Uh, these things called feet that he has that he's never had before. And he's trying to get used to it. They decide to venture into the local um, fishing village, um, to the town of Porto Rosso and... Uh, like they go, they go dangerously into wild mountain time territory sometimes here with the Italian tropes, I have to say, but they just keep it back. They just keep it back at the right level. And it is um, directed by an Italian man who grew up uh, in, Itali- in Italy before moving to America, Enrico Casarossa. So I'm sure it's very steeped in his own childhood and his own memory. Um but yeah, so they decide to go into Porto Rosso in human form and they to find out the Porto Cup is happening that weekend. Uh, it's a triathlon of swimming, pasta eating. And a, a mountain bike race. That's about, <laughs> see, I told you. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and it's about to get underway. And then they also befriend this little girl, a very, very sweet character, whose father is, as I say, the knife wielding fishmonger who who hates sea monsters and fears them. Uh, what's it about, says you? It's about, you know, those summers where you for, form that first friendship or even relationship and it seemed to go on forever and ever and was sunny every day. And you tasted pasta for the first time and you your first gelato and it's that, the sensory pleasures of that time in your life um, when you have that first real summer of freedom and kind of finding yourself. And I thought that was really, really sweet, uh, very romantic film, beautifully animated. Um, there is one scene where there there are two characters walk across a series of rooftops in the town by moonlight and it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in a pixar film actually um you can argue the story is slight and there is a, there is a joke that goes on a bit too much where you know, they get splashed with water, the 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 sea monsters and start to turn back into what they really are and have to kind of dry themselves off very quickly before humans twig twig what's going on. Um but I just think it's a lovely coming of age story. Um a tale of living in the moment, I suppose, and the animation for me was absolutely really striking. Uh the Puerto Rosso Cup sequence as well, the mountaintop race at the end is very, very well done, I have to say. And there's proper baddies in this as well who are okay. trying to Ruin, uh, ruin them and yeah do bad things to them and have been very, very dominant in the village for years so there's a lot of people rooting for these two young characters to um, to change the run of things I suppose in the race. Uh, I thought it was just lovely I have to say.
0: Okay Catherine wants to know will it put my lads off uh, eating fish?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. No I don't think so they're very animatedy they don't even look, they just look like cute sea creatures. They don't look like anything you'd see in a fish shop, Fair you know enough. what I mean? Okay, and, yeah.
0: that, and now is is Luca both in cinemas and on Disney?
1: Well, the reason I wanted to make it the, the, the main one is it's on your Disney Plus mm. tonight at home for free. Uh, you don't pay any extra fee for this, but also if you want to go and see, see it in the cinema... For the first time in ages, you can bring the, the family to see this in the cinema this weekend. So you have both options. Right. OK, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You can,
0: you can I'm probably watch it on Disney and then bring the kids to see it on the big screen. They will probably en- enjoy both those things, uh, I would Absolutely. have thought. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, the, uh, somebody wants to know about the question for you now, I believe. Uh, yeah. Clorida wants to know, can you ask if an organic wine contains sulfites? How bad are sulfites for you? Uh, they're they're
2: not bad at all. They've been in. They're they're it, okay.
0: No. I mean, yes, it does. They, um,
2: it, did make it no, it's not bad for you. And yes, it contains sulfites. Every single wine ever made contains sulfites. It's right. a natural part of the fermentation process. What you talk about is added sulfites, and sulfur is used to um, act as a disinfectant. And if you don't use sulfur, you run a serious risk of your wine having things like Brettanomyces, which is a sort of a wildy sweaty saddle smell. Um, the wine can oxidize and so on. Having said that, the whole natural wine movement decided to move away from this. Um, started in places like mainly. And around the village of Morgon and Beaujolais. And um, there's a number of those that do not have any sulphur and you get really soft, juicy fruits. And hey, they can be absolutely delicious, but you need to be a really good winemaker before you start breaking the rules and not using sulphur. And yeah, some people are sensitive to sulphur and it gives them headaches. So you might find a natural wine. But I mean, there's plenty of organic users using plenty of sulphur. In fact, the only treatment in the vineyard an organic producer can use is copper sulfite, which is, which is a mix of copper and sulfite for spraying, for stopping mildew and so on. So no, there's no...
0: Right, okay, so you can uh, you can rest assured there. Now as probably a lot of people know, the John Wick films basically were kind of shoot'em ups based on somebody killing John Wick's uh, dog. Uh, and now the delightfully bonkers Nicolas Cage is taking that one uh, thing a step further with somebody kidnaps his pig. Isn't that what his new film is going to be about? Yeah,
3: essentially the Babe sequel we didn't know we needed, I think. Nicholas Cage is a truffle hunter in a new movie called Pig that's throughout <laughs> in July um, and his pig is robbed so he needs the help of a truffle salesman who's played by Alex Wolfe. People know him from Hereditary. He's very good. Um, and they go on a search for uh, the beloved pig following his kidnapping. Right. I,
0: I, is there any indications that this we'd be like you know Nicolas Cage kicking ass while uh, trying to find his pig
3: yeah I'd imagine Nicolas Cage isn't going to be happy about this like I'd say he'll be throwing a few kicks like to get him back
0: yeah okay actually I think we do have a bit of the trailer uh, for this at least this is Nicolas Cage's new pig fil- film I'm looking for a truffle pig someone star.
1: I don't understand
2: tell me you are
1: you made the right choice Being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig.
0: That is a work of absolute genius. There's no doubt about it. Uh, You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalker. Hashtag, uh, by the way, is nipply movies. uh, Forest Lady Lump and Mastitis and Commander. Ouch! Five three one zero oh, six is our text number. That will cost you uh, thirty cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Talk. Leslie Fanula and Esther are still with us for movies and booze. Uh, we'll just move swiftly along, Leslie, to the <laughs> main event, uh, uh, wine wise, because you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this makes a usual uh, a nice change from the usual and for nine ninety nine, <laughs> you can't go wrong <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is 65 euros yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so this is Shadow uh,
2: Lynch Moussas and uh, O'Brien uh, kindly gave me this and the reason I went to them is because they have their On Premier campaign happening at the moment and this is a would be of interest to anyone who's saved a bit of money over the last year I know some people because they weren't going out saved a bit of a few quid um, there are four companies doing On Premier which is basically buying wine futures you're buying the 2020 vintage which is a good vintage okay. not unlike the 2016 vintage which is also a good vintage is what we're drinking. Um, and what happens is you buy the wine, you buy six bottles or a 12 bottle case and you pay upfront for the wine. And then in 2023, when the wine is delivered, before you get it, you have to pay excess in duty. And that usually works at about, add on 25% or so. It's about, Mm. duty for a case is about 15 euros or something and then 23% on top of that. But by the time that happens, two years time, I've done this a few times, you don't care anymore. You're just delighted. It doesn't seem that much. You're saying, oh, the wine's only costing me a tenner. Um, And in fact, you know, uh, (laughs) so this uh, on premier, I think is working at 30 euros a bottle into your hand. And then you've got to add 25% onto that. But that's still significantly cheaper than this vintage which is 65 euros now in the shop right you know but if, you, if
0: you're buying a wine future today on a 2020 yeah. and you're getting it in 2023 that bottle of wine I assume will be considerably more expensive by yeah, exactly time.
2: so you should save money you almost always save money yeah. and now and, uh, prices are up a little bit this year you mentioned Lynch Badge Lynch Badge actually released a 33% increase on on the previous vintage uh, because there's been a run of three good vintages and they the reason they do that is because they see the secondary market the dealers getting hold of the stuff at say 200 a case and then they're doubling it and selling it for four hundred. So that's why there's a wine called Chateau Leoville Barton, Irish owned, which is meant to be one of the mm. stars of the vintage. Um, and uh, they used to own Straffan House, the K Club. Um, and they, um, I think, are releasing at a very fair price. Apparently, much the same I think as last year. I think Grand Prix Lacoste is the same price. Um, the other four companies, you need to mention them. So O'Brien's are doing it. Tyndall Searsons, Searsons dot com, uh, Green Acres in Wexford, and Pembroke Wines, who are based in Dublin. And uh, if there's an article on the we- on the Newstalk website where I give links to all their okay, lists,
0: um, and so if you're
2: buying, uh, what's the minimum you could buy if Well, you're there, there's some entry-level stuff. I mean, like I saw forecast Hostin, which is a good wine that O'Brien's have and that works out at 20 euros a bottle or something. Um, and, and it's but 20, they say
0: how many, They half a dozen bottles? Six is bottles you, is usually the yeah. minimum. Yes, yeah, yeah. right. But, okay. but,
2: but you can also, I'm sure, I mean, I would guess probably things like, say, Chateau Beaumont is probably available and that's usually about 15 euros a bottle. So you can buy Petit Chateau and mm. in fact, it's, it's designed to encourage people to do that. Um, and look, it, it's great stuff. I mean it's lasts for twenty years. I bought wine I bought vint I bought uh, what is Chateau Lannesson 2000 not an expensive wine I would have paid about 15-20 euros a bottle for it back in 2000 when my son was born and we still have a bottle or two left and they're delicious they're, they're drinking beautifully still and that's the beauty of Bordeaux it lasts and so on yeah. there's complexity and it's this 1% it's the Grand Cru Class a level this tiny percentage um, that, that is where the real interest is but, and they're the ones that cost a fortune like as I said up to a 1000 and so on but there's plenty of lower level stuff like this like and you probably be able to get things like you know, uh, Chasplan, Peugeot, things like that for about 30 40 a bottle, which is a lot, but it's not horrendous. Um, and you also get stuff, as they say, Forecast Austin, I think, is only 20, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah. I, I, I think it's, an, it's, it's a fun thing to do, it's, it's, yeah. And there's lovely sort of cedar blackcurrant fruits in this, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? I mean, yeah, no, this us. is absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Nice. This it's is nice. absolutely yeah. delicious. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, Fionnuala is bringing it. I'm
3: down mine if I yeah. take another sip. It's, it's so nice on the nose as well, I can't mm. pick up what it is, but it's. It's so nice. And so I don't
1: usually like red. It's c-
2: delicious. Classic things that you get and things like this, and I'm getting them, is, is sort of cedar, cigar box, pencil pairings. So you're getting that mix. Of, yeah, I know it sounds weird, but... Mm, yeah, it's a weird thing. If somebody, if somebody actually said, here, have <laughs> I some
0: cigar box, pencil pairings. Yum. <laughs> but Dig makes, into that. And chocolate. Let's mention chocolate. Chocolate, Chocolate's yeah, another, another, definitely. Another, another. yeah. There's almost chocolate. They always say chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is, yeah. Yeah, it's delicious, isn't it? Yeah. But see, sometimes like you, you have a really good wine... Uh, and any meal you have with it w- yeah. won't be as good as it. Well, that, yeah. Really. It's kind of over... It's, it's laughing at the food you want to eat, <laughs> uh, is what it's doing.
2: Well, uh. my, my advice on food matching is if you're doing something you really like with something and eat it with you know you
0: know um, you can't, know. can't go wrong there uh, once uh, um, some years ago our, our, our old friend uh, Tomas Clancy brought in mm. a, a bottle of Latour like oh, real Latour Jesus man. Uh, uh, no it was like 70 quid so cheap Latour yeah, yeah. Uh, and he gave me like half a bottle of this to bring home I did it with a snack box it was yeah. absolutely <laughs> delicious yeah. I swear I sent him a picture as well and being Tomas he couldn't he couldn't feign horror so, you know he's way too polite for that uh,
2: uh, Tomas loved his fast food though so I'd say he probably almost 60 oh deeped. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <We> would have. <laughs> anyway, there's going to be a, a new Beatles documentary, which doesn't sound like people are going, so what? And there are a million Beatles documentary, documentaries. Have they done something to existing footage or something?
3: Yes, yeah, so we have Peter Jackson uh, on directorial duties. And um, this is coming to Disney Plus in September. It's the Beatles get back. And it's basically made up of footage that didn't make it into Let It Be for Beatles fans. Um, I think it's going to be spaced out over three or four episodes, I think, at like two hours a pop. So like a lot of material to digest Um, will be great for fans. I think it's supposed to kind of be, I suppose, like the opposite to what Let It Be was. It's kind of more positive, more uplifting, more kind of behind the scenes moments of the band. Because obviously, like, Let It Be came at kind of the end of the band's time together. Mm. Um, And it's not something that the, the existing lads have kind of revisited since. Um so could be interesting seems like a lot for I think seems, yeah. seems excessive for me I feel like if you can't tell a story in like three decent one hour episodes but again yes. it just seems like
0: that's, that's not a lesson that Peter Jackson ever learned I would <laughs> have thought very good point yeah, very so good that's point. probably why fans uh, will
3: eat it up anyway. the yes. trailer
0: looks amazing by the way I've, mm. I've seen the trailer uh, but, but it's uh, where are they going to be show- it, this is again on, on Disney Plus Disney
3: Plus yeah so this is coming uh, November this year 25th, 26th and the 27th yeah so it is three episodes and each of them are approximately two hours long so.
0: right okay alright interesting right Well, will uh, move on to our second movie of the day it is In the Heights here's a clip another dime a dozen mom and pop stop and shout and oh my god has gotten chewed on hot like my man Cole Porter said people come proof for a few cold waters and the lottery ticket just a part of the routine everybody's got it they gossip as I sip my coffee a smirk. The first stop is people hop to work. What's it? I'm like one dollar, two dollars, 150 one fifty, one sixty-nine. I got it. You want a box of condoms? What kind? that's two quarters, two quarter waters The New York Times. You need a back for that. The tax added. Once you get some practice added you do rapid mathematics automatically, selling maxi pads, fuzzy dice for taxi cabs. Practically everybody stressed. Yes, but they press. There you go. Uh, uh, fanula was bopping away to that. Uh, I'm very excited. Young that person, uh, that was some of the hip hop music uh, that you'll be hearing. And <laughs> in, uh, in the heights, uh, what plot point was being uh, expedited there, uh, uh, Esther?
1: Um. I'm sorry, if you're not grooving in your seat there, what is wrong with you? It's brilliant, this. Do you want to start
0: (laughs) with alphabetical order? What's wrong with me? I
1: I love the way you said hip hop as (laughs) if it was in a foreign language there, Sean. What's happening there? And it's a brilliant example of what Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing here, which is um, not quite doing a sing through musical, uh, but conveying a lot of the dial, a lot of the plotting and storytelling through music and the form form a song without it actually being a song in its own you know if you know what i mean um and that is uh the lead character who is um played by Anthony Ramos who people will know from Hamilton of course and he is introducing us to his corner shop in Washington Heights and all of the various characters who come in and come out and what they they're buying and it's a beautiful sequence it's full of wit and visual humor and i think this is going to be one of the great um stage to screen adaptations, I think it's very, very cinematic. And uh, it doesn't make the transition entirely smoothly, I think. uh, But it has it's too long for one. It's nearly two hours, 20 minutes. No need for it. I'm sorry, that might work really, really well in a stage show in Broadway. I get it. But um, I think there should have been a bit bit more judicious editing going on here. But it has a, a raw energy to it and a wish to it. And it is absolutely perfect escapist entertainment as far as I'm concerned um, I really liked the songs as well I mean there is no absolute zinger of a classic like um jaja Ding Dong from the Eurovision movie which yes. to, to my mind is On going to go really, down as one classic. of the all time greats yeah. But there are lots of um, tunes that people will know from the show if they're fans. Uh, Patience and Faith has done really well. Paragua is performed by Miranda himself, who has a smaller role here, even though he had a lead role in the original. Um, and But the standout for me is a, an extended uh, sequence involving a potential lottery win where a ticket is sold in the shop and... Um, it's, it's a 96,000 ticket and that's the name of the tune. And it, it's a big extended scene where they go through in and out of various genres of music, which this does really well as well. And um, that's that was the highlight for me. That was a standout. Some fantastic set pieces. Um, it's big and brash. This it is not subtle. It doesn't have a subtle note in its body. And um, I know. You were a big fan of Crazy Rich Asians, Sean, uh, from a couple of years back, weren't no, you? No, I thought, no, and I and thought it was garbage. <laughs> it's okay. I won't. I won't tell anyone. So. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, it was. It's that director though, yeah. John M. Chu, ah, who's right. directing well, here. It and Miranda's producing, so that gives you a sense of how arch this is. You know, a young cast, a lot of them from from Dominican background themselves, which I really liked, and yeah. There was, you know, it's too long. It overstays its welcome a bit. But other than that, there was nothing I didn't like about this film. Um, yeah, and it's you know, it's storytelling is quite slight. It very it it centres around the various characters and uh, what they you know the a little dream is what they have for their future. And it's called an Elsneet Um and they all have their various little dreams. Uh, And that Anthony Ramos, as I said, the main narrator, Yusnavi, who's the he's the he runs the shop and he's got a crush on uh, this girl called Vanessa, who has her own dream of she's as tough as nails, by the way, not interested in fellas at all, much more intent in pursuing a career as a fashion designer. Um, And then there's another story around uh, the character of Nina, which is a really interesting story because she's the first person in the entire Washington Heights community to go to an Ivy League college. Uh, unfortunately, it's populated by a lot of people from a different background f- to her, so she has no sense of uh, identity or belonging there, and she's thinking of dropping out. Even though her father has sold half his business to uh, fund her going to Stanford, so there's all of those kind of stories. They intertwine within each- with each other. You know, it's very much um, it's very much an adaptation of a stage musical made for a screen, as opposed to. Something like, say, the Sound of Music, uh, Mm. which would have its own kind of narrative structure, you know. Uh, So that's what you're getting here. You're getting a live show, but you're not. (laughs) You're getting it in cinema form, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. But um, is is there one overarching
0: uh, um, uh, narrative here, or is it just a a series of, of smaller stories somehow weave together around this shop?
1: Yeah, it's weaved together around the shop and, and 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 the broader community. Um and there is an older character as well. There's a very poignant storyline involving that, but I won't say too much about that actually. Okay. Uh that happens early in the film. But she's kind of the she's almost the she doesn't have any kids of her own, so she's almost the granny of the community and they all turn to her, all these younger characters, when they're looking for help and assistance. Um, so that's a lovely thread as well, but yeah, no, it's it, you can kind of co- come out this with a big smile on your face, and then a couple of hours later, go. Actually, that storytelling was a bit slight, all right. Um, but you know, there's so much going on creatively, and um, with the characters and with the music that you don't feel shortchanged. You know, it's still just a beautiful experience of a film. I loved it, I have to say, uh, is, I'm, I'm much more than I thought I would actually. Right,
0: okay. A few people texting and want to know is it as uh, is it as good as Hamilton?
1: um i've well i've seen the film of hamilton so mm. yeah it's a very different animal i think it's a very different animal. Han- hamilton is more you know the history of all these characters and the history of america i think this is a kind of a snapshot of um of the emigrant emigrant story at a point in time in, in the distant past i guess is when you'd say the time frame and it was originally written in i think 2007 so it's kind of that's where you're looking at it it does feel um you know very otherworldly and in the past, but I I, I just think it's its own animal, this. It's, and mm. He wrote it while he was still in college and you can nearly feel the youthfulness bouncing off the screen, you know. I think it's a, it's very different. But if you like the music in Hamilton, it's of the same calibre here, that's for sure.
0: Right. OK. And I, it feels like what you're describing is kind of a bit escapist, even though I suppose maybe the people involved in it might say, oh, no, we're dealing with actual social issues here and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is the emigrant story and it's like it's something we've we've done with, with films like Brooklyn in, in recent years. You know, it is, there is a universal story in there, I think. But it is I mean, it's great to see big white um, cast of, of people who maybe wouldn't have been in films like this a few years ago as well. Um, and they haven't even gone, for, you know, they haven't even tried to go for the big South American movie star in the lead they've gone for all kind of first timers and relatively well except for Anthony Ramos relatively unknown cast um, and I think that was a really good decision as well
0: Right. OK. Uh, Peter says it feels like we're inundated with musicals lately. Can't we just hear a bit of dialogue uh, for a change? Well, then you should check out Nicholas Cage's new pig movie. Uh, that's going to have plenty of dialogue in that. Uh, that'll, that'll satisfy your thirst uh, for dialogue. Uh, Lucy says, what do you make of the controversy around the casting of the film? Esther, was there a bit of a controversy there?
1: Um, I not that I'd heard of. I have t- only heard positive things about the casting. I have to say. Um, ah, I'm right. Jimmy sure
2: Jimmy I'm sure. right. Jimmy Smith is in it. He's right. Jimmy
0: Smith is in it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. God, how old is he now? Oh, yeah, getting on. Yeah.
2: He was the president after Bartlett. If he I was the correctly. president
0: after Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, and he was in. Uh, he was in NYPD that's Blue it. as well before that. Uh, back a million years, you, you wouldn't remember that for new. No, not no, a no, clue. No, because you didn't. Over my head. You weren't alive at the time. <laughs> uh, 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 that's why uh, the. Uh, Was there a controversy? uh, Yeah, so
3: I think there was a bit of chat around um, the casting in terms of there being like not enough uh, Latino actors and like Lin-Manuel Miranda has acknowledged that himself this week and saying that because obviously Washington Heights is mainly made up of that community and He apologised on Twitter for it and said that he was trying to... In making this kind of mosaic and painting this mosaic, he fell short. And I think there was an actor from the West Side Story, the name escapes me now, but they kind of came out and said, look, you're attacking the wrong person. Like, I think this kind of criticism is um, uh, misguided and misdirected. And they've actually since kind of came out and said, look, sorry, I I shouldn't have said that. I was totally wrong. I think the criticism is fairly valid. So, Okay, all
0: right. Afro-Latino. Yeah. I'm being told is that exact... God, you have to be very uh, uh, precise now about that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, The, uh, I love uh, Venus del Vero, Goodstraminer, uh, Torres Esmeralda, but can't always get them here. Is there anything similar I might like that I could get close by in the supermarket? Kira wants to know. Well, um,
2: she should just look in the Alsace section. That's where Govertstraminer comes from and there's every single... Every shop that sells Alsace wine will have a Gewurztraminer pretty much and Vina Esmeralda has, a, has Gewurztraminer and that's the main flavour. It's that lychee, fragrant, rose petal thing that she likes. So there's loads of Gewurztraminer's around. It. I would stay away from a lot of the New World Gewurztraminer's. They're not great. Um, a lot of them are too sweet because it, it it's a grape that, that tends to make sweeter wines. But Alsace, like Trimbach, Hügel, now they're about 20 but you'll get less expensive ones under under 20, I would think, you know.
0: Mm, OK, so it's, it, it is accessible so, Yeah. There. So look
2: for the grape. Look for Gewurztraminer, not you know um, yeah
0: yeah. Uh, someone else texted in to say uh, Peter Jackson won Oscars for a reason absolute legend <laughs> all
3: right on. okay, okay.
0: <laughs> all right Ted G. <laughs> yeah back off there uh, uh, Leona wants to know uh, the, the red wine we were talking mm. about there, uh, the lynch what food would go with it it's like yeah, meat, uh, it's, a, yeah it's, it's meat. But look, it's yeah, so tasty it's
2: you could kind of have whatever you wanted. I mean a, a friend of mine um, had a very rich friend who used to like Latash. And the Latache La these days is four thousand euros a bottle. And she oh. a, Yeah. Back then it wasn't that expensive. I think it was only a couple of hundred a bottle. But she but That's different. Um famous Burgundy wine. And she would insist on drinking it with everything. And they were in a posh restaurant once and they were having fish and she wanted Latache and the widow was like, Oh, but this will go
0: and she's like, It's fucking Latache. <laughs> okay. We got we got the fun shine <laughs> of the story will <laughs> uh, uh, go with everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have it with your vegan pie, I say. Why not? You yeah. know, good things taste good with good things, you know? Yeah. Okay, fair enough
2: yeah. then. Uh, actually, is it vegan? Um, almost every wine is vegan. They oh, is big, it? Yeah, because I mean, the, the, the okay, only thing that makes it not vegan is if you're using ground up fish bladders to fry in your wine or egg egg yeah. whites, and those two things are expensive. Clay is much cheaper, and almost everybody uses clay these days. So almost every wine oh, is is, right. is, is, is okay. vegan. You would
0: know? uh, that be the case with spirits though?
2: Um, I can't think of anything.
0: Yeah. There's nothing, there's not, you don't
2: find spirits generally. You don't have to do anything other than just let them settle. Oh, and I tell my
0: kids that like vodka isn't vegan to try and put them off drinking. It doesn't work. Uh, um, they just pretend not to believe me uh, for that particular reason. Uh, anyway, all right, okay, fair enough. Uh, we do have a winner, by the way, for our, our Carol's uh, Meats competition. Uh, that's Amanda in Selbridge, County Kildare. Uh She says uh, her uh, sandwich recipe is one slice of sourdough, uh, a spread of onion relish, a sprinkle of rocket, two slices of Carol's traditional ham, two rounds of goat's cheese, a dollop of honey uh, on each cheese round. Pop under the grill for 30 seconds. Yum, 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 uh, uh, says Amanda, which is the sound that you'd make when your your jaws are uh, stuck together from uh, eating all that cheese. Uh That's our lot that for today. Uh, thanks to Esther, Fanula and uh, a Potty Mouth over there.